Quiet area. And Maggie and her friends have placed themselves strategically. Say no more. O'Reilly, while being sympathetic to the minister's dilemma, was having great difficulty controlling an enormous grin. Laid on Macduff, he said. This is something I've got to see. Thank you, doctor. They won't listen to me, but you'll make them see sense. O'Reilly followed the minister until they reached the nave, where the perfume of flowers was overpowering even the dust of two hundred years that usually haunted the old building. On Maggie's side, heaps of freshly plucked wildflowers were piled on the front pew. Roses on the opposite side of the aisle formed Flo Bishop's ammunition dump. The two groups, led by their respective champions, stood facing each other at the top of the nave. You'll do no such thing, Maggie McCorkle. It's Mrs. Houston to you, Mrs. Bishop. Both women stood facing each other, arms akimbo, eyes afire, leaning forward, chins jutting. Flo's teeth were clenched, and there she had Maggie Houston, name McCorkle, at a disadvantage. The older woman wasn't wearing her false ones, and clenched gums were less than threatening. Lord. O'Reilly thought, harking back to his boxing days. And in the blue corner, at one hundred and eighty pounds. Ladies, he said. Ladies, whatever seems to be the trouble. He could make no sense of all the women's voices speaking at once, but made a shrewd guess about what was being said. All right, all right, he said. Now settle down, settle down. He waited as Flo smoothed her dress, as a just-pecked mallard duck would waggle her tail feathers. Maggie adjusted her hat. It had a single wilted bluebell in its brim. Can we not sort this out like the civilized people we are? he said. Flo glowered at Maggie. Maggie folded her arms across her chest. Their supporters closed ranks behind their principles. All right, said O'Reilly. Let me see if I can get this straight. Maggie? Maggie? Yes, Dr. O'Reilly. You and your friends love Kinky, and you want her day to be perfect, don't you? We do, so we do. But... Maggie turned her frowning face sideways to Flo Bishop. Von Flo... O'Reilly cut her off. Flo, you and Aggie and Sissy feel the same way but think you know a better way to make Kinky's wedding day shine. Flo glowered and said, Me and the ladies do love Kinky, and she told me that on the night Archie proposed, he gave her red roses, and that's why... O'Reilly cut her off, too. He wanted no more petrol poured on the flames. Whoa, he said. Whoa. Calm down and pay attention, the lot of you. It wouldn't hurt to throw his weight around just a little bit at the beginning. Take control. Now listen. I think I know Kinky Kincaid better than anyone in the village and townland. Wouldn't you all agree? Subdued murmuring of assent. Good. And just so we're all clear, can we agree again that we love Kinky? Flo scowled at Maggie, who scowled right back. Ladies... O'Reilly put an edge of steel in his voice. Are we all agreed? I am, Sissy Sloan said. I mind the day she first come till the village, so I do. 
No harm till you, doctor, dear. But it was way before your time, sir. It was a Wednesday. No, I tell a lie, it was a Friday. And she... First defection on Flo's side, O'Reilly thought. But let's not have Sissy ramble on too much. How you wished, Sissy Sloan, Janie Jingles said, but with a smile. We all remember her coming, and it doesn't matter a jot or tittle exactly when. What Dr. O'Reilly says is true. There's not a woman in the whole townland more widely respected. A break away from solidarity with Maggie. And what, said O'Reilly, if the respected Kinky was a fly on the wall here today, what do you reckon she'd be thinking about all these silly, selfish schoolgirl shenanigans? He waited, quite prepared to re-ask the question. But Sissy had started the rent in the fabric of Flo's group. I think, said...